I'm, when I look back, everything that was great in my life came through a lot of really, really hard work. Now, there's seasons when we sold our first business. And after our business grew, and I was able to get it to a point where I had management, leadership in place, I was able to take more time off. I was able to spend more time with my family. When I sold that business, you know, my kids were teenagers and, and I spent a lot of time. This is the Investing for Freedom podcast. So we're always looking for, you know, how, how, do, I, how do I get more free in life? So what I'm saying is pay attention to the seasons, but we're always looking for the hack. We're looking for the shortcut. And I'm telling you right now that the keys to my success has been finding people that were smarter and better than me and listening to what they said. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's the question I have for you. What in your life do you need to take a knife to? What do you need to cut out of your life? What existing businesses, what existing relationships, what existing habits, mindsets, etc. do you need to take the knife to? This is such a great question, and I'm thinking about a story that I want to share with you. Um, for those of you that you know maybe are not familiar, there's a story in the Old Testament of a man named Abraham. And God made a promise to Abraham. He said, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You'll be the father of many nations. And he said, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. This was God's promise to Abraham. And what's interesting is Abraham had no children at this point in time. And then as you kind of continue on with the story, and I love stories. I love stories, um, you know, to get points across. I love telling stories in order to um, relate to certain things. Uh, many of, you know, my mentors and greatest speakers of all time, they use stories and they draw parallels. And even Jesus himself did it, right? There's so many parables in the New Testament that you tell, um, again, drive these points home um, through stories and parables. And when I was thinking about, you know, this story with Abraham and like, what do you need to take a knife to? There's just so many realizations about, you know, things in my life that maybe are good for a season, but they're no longer serving you. Or maybe um, when you got into it, you knew that you were supposed to do something. However, you didn't necessarily do it the right way, or you didn't wait on God's timing, or um, you know, you just got ahead of everything. And this is what happened with Abraham. So it's interesting because when you think about the story of Abraham and God telling him, as for me, this is my covenant with you, and you'll be the father to many nations. I think he literally said that your descendants will outnumber the stars in the sand. So, you know, I mean, just millions and millions and millions of descendants that were going to come from Abraham. And he didn't even have children. And when you fast forward, um, Sarah, or I think it's Sarai, uh, was how, what her name was originally. Um, she laughed when the angels came and, and spoke to Abraham about this because Abraham was already like a hundred years old. And Sarah, at one point in time, uh, actually said to Abraham, she said, the Lord has kept me from having children. Um, Sarah couldn't have kids, but they had a promise from God. And Sarah literally said, the Lord has kept me from having children. And she said, go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abraham agreed to this. And so he went and had um, 
relations with Hagar. And then this is how Ishmael was born. And, you know, I'm not a big history buff, but if you look back, if you even look at like the Muslim religion and the Jewish religion, they've been at odds with each other for years. And the books of the Jewish religion and the Muslim religions, the Quran, they actually start with some of the same stories in the same books. Because Ishmael was a descendant of Abraham through Hagar, the slave from Egypt. And then when you fast forward, Abraham and Sarah ended up having a kid together who was Isaac. And Isaac, from Isaac's um, lineage, came the Jewish people. And from Ishmael's lineage came the Muslim people. By the way, I want to interrupt and just invite you to the Freedom Elite community. If you are a small business owner, if you're scaling a business, if you are a high-earning W-2 employee, any of the above that's looking to get into a community of like-minded individuals that are wanting to grow together, um, become a better husband, become a better investor, become a better leader, become a better business owner, uh, join me in the Freedom Elite community. Text the word ELITE to 480-531-7519. It's $199 a month. You can quit it anytime you want. We do these things called Ask Mike Anything where the guys just come in and you know some of them will submit questions ahead of time. Some of them we just do live when we're there. I bring in guest speakers. It's an amazing community. Again, text the word ELITE to 480-531-7519 if you want to join us or just go to freedomelite.co and you can sign up there. Would love to see you in the Freedom Elite community. Come and join us. Join a community of like-minded individuals. There's really not a whole lot of pressure because like I said, you could you know, bow out at any time you want. So elite to 480-531-7519. The Bible even talks about how, you know, that they would be at odds with each other. Hagar and Ishmael ended up getting ousted from the community. Uh, this is, happens later in the story. And again, this is why I just love, um, you know, the parallels. But let me fast forward. So Abraham, before uh, or after all this happens, um, Abraham has his son, Isaac. And later in um, Genesis, it ta- there's a story there where God comes to Abraham and says, take your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. And what's interesting is, you know, a lot of times when we get um, these words from God, or we feel like we're supposed to do something in business, we get this crazy idea. Like God said, go kill your son. Go make him a sacrifice, a burnt offering on the mountain. Now, anybody listening to this would be like, that is crazy. Like, why would God ever tell you to kill your son? Um, first off, I think this is a foreshadowing of God sacrificing his only son, Jesus, um, to atone for our sins and, and to redeem mankind, humanity from, you know, the sin nature that we were in. And, um, but I, so I think this is a type in shadow. He's saying, Abraham, go sacrifice your son. But sometimes I think we get these crazy ideas in our head, um, whether we believe it's from God or whether, you know, it's a, a certain business idea or whatever. And we see it a certain way. I've literally had dreams before about businesses. What, like the, our first business, um, Plumline, was actually named from a dream that Kara had. We had our license application figure, figured out with the contractor's board. This was 2004, uh, the first business we'd ever started. We had everything ready to go. The only thing we didn't have was a name. And so we're thinking of all like the old, you know, the normal stuff like AAA plumbing. Why? So we could be the first people in the phone book. This was back then when the phone book was like, you know, the main source of marketing and advertising. So we're thinking about, 
all these names and we just like, we're waiting. We couldn't apply for the contractor's license or start our LLC or anything because we didn't have the name. And so we're like, we got to get a name. And we're like, just trying to get the best name possible. And Kara has this dream. And in this dream, we're all riding in a Suburban. It's me and Kara. And there's a couple other people in the Suburban. Um, Our future business partners are in there. And the person driving is... Uh, and this nameless, faceless person, like Kara couldn't really see who it was. And so in the dream, it was like the Holy Spirit, like driving um, the Suburban. And and he starts talking. He's like, gives Kara this scripture around, um, I think it was from Malachi in the Old Testament. I can't remember. Um, I could look it up, but it doesn't matter. And basically it's a scripture that talks about how um, Zerubbabel is drawing a line in the sand and God was God was creating this plumb line. And his ways were going to be like a plumb line against the children of Israel. And and for those of you that know, a plumb line is something that we use in, in construction and plumbing, et cetera, to like, you know, make sure that something is level or to drop an elevation from like a ceiling um, to the ground, um, et cetera. But it, it's truly like in, in this reference and for what it was primarily used for was a level. Because when you hang a string with a plumb line, something heavy on the bottom that usually had a point, um, it would, it would, it would just, it would always be level because of gravity. And so God was saying that he was going to use his word to draw a plumb line, basically to show the children of Israel, that would be their guide to what is perfectly, you know, level and true. And so this nameless, faceless person in the dream is saying to Kara, um, talking about not despising the name of uh, the day of small beginnings, uh, which talks about in this scripture in Malachi, and she got the name Plumline. And so we named our first plumbing and heating business Plumline. So, you know, you could take that whole thing and and be like, literally, God was saying that, you know, this is going to be the Plumline and the measurement. And but no, that wasn't really what God was saying in that dream to Kara was like, don't despise the day of small beginnings. This is going to be something major that I'm going to use in your life and, and was saying all of this and also got got the name. And so God will speak to us in dreams and visions. It's happened to me many times in different ways. And, but the point of all this is like God spoke to Abraham and said, go up on the mountain and sacrifice your son. And so Abraham gets up on the mountain and he thinks he's literally gonna have to kill his kid. And when he's willing to do it, which is crazy in itself, I'd have to know that I know that I know. I mean, can you imagine in this day and age, like God told me to kill my son. I mean, that's the stuff of like crazy people. And Abraham was like willing to do it. And then in the last minute, God said, don't, don't, don't kill your son. And, and Abraham looked over and there was like a, a sheep that was like caught in a, in a bush. Uh, he was like basically tied up. <laughs> and, and so God said, you don't have to kill your son. I've provided a sacrifice for you. And so I think this was a type and shadow of God basically saying to Abraham, are you willing, you know, what are you willing to put on the line? What are you willing to take the knife to? This is what I started this all with. And I don't think that God is ever going to call us to kill our sons. I think yeah, I, I think we would all uh, know that, you know, God is not going to like actually have you kill your son. But even through the story, like when, when Abraham, um, you know, got up on the mountain, he was still like, um, and even Isaac was like, where's the lamb? And Abraham was like willing to do it, but he didn't have to. And I think that's the thing that we have to ask ourselves is like, number one, you know, what has God called us to? What are the big things in your life? that you're like, you know that it's just such a stretch that it would cost you everything. God said to Abraham, your descendants are going to be many. And then Abraham and Sarah get in their own way. And, and Abraham's laughing, or Sarah's literally laughing because she's like, you're 100 years old. Like, how are you going to have kids? 
And then, you know, they tried and they couldn't have kids. And, and so then they, they, they do things their own way. And this could be the same with like masterminds and coaches. And one of the keys to my success as an early business owner was I was so naive that I hired a business consulting company. I hired coaches and I was so naive. I just did exactly what they told me to do. And guess what? It works. There's no reason why you should hire coaches and mentors and, and go to conferences, et cetera, if you're not going to learn, but then also go implement the tools. There's actually a scripture in 2 Timothy that I love that says, talking about people that are always learning, but never coming to the full knowledge of the truth. And we're, we live in a society of people that, you know, we want to hack. We want the shortcuts. We want to learn, you know, what people did, but we don't want to go do the work. We're surrounded by people that are saying, oh, you know what? It's easy. Like you should only work four hours a week. And I'm, when I look back, everything that was great in my life came through a lot of really, really hard work. Now, there's seasons when we sold our first business. And after our business grew, and I was able to get it to a point where I had management, leadership in place, I was able to take more time off. I was able to spend more time with my family. When I sold that business, you know, my kids were teenagers and, and I spent a lot of time. This is the Investing for Freedom podcast. So we're always looking for, you know, how, how, do, I, how do I get more free in life? So what I'm saying is pay attention to the seasons, but we're always looking for the hack. We're looking for the shortcut. And I'm telling you right now that the keys to my success has been finding people that were smarter and better than me and listening to what they said, but not always learning and never coming to the full knowledge of the truth. We have to go out there and execute. So back to Abraham, like he's supposed to have this kid and Sarah's laughing and then she can't get pregnant. And so we take things into our own mind. We start you know, not wanting to listen to what our coaches and mentors say that have already learned the hard way. Well, you don't understand. You don't understand my market. Uh, you know, that might've worked five years ago or 10 years ago. And there might be some truth to some of that, but things don't work that way anymore. There are outdated coaches and mentors and philosophies. So I, I do believe that, but also just like with Abraham and Sarah, um, we're going to take things into our own hand. And so Sarah said, take Hagar, my slave, my Egyptian slave, and, and we'll go fulfill the promises of God on our own terms. And then, and then Ishmael has a kid. And then Abraham and Sarah finally get pregnant and they have Isaac. And then it creates all this tension between Hagar and Sarah and Isaac and Ishmael. And eventually Sarah's like, Hagar and, and Ishmael have to leave. And so Abraham had to make a tough call. He had to literally oust the Egyptian slave who had become his concubine and his son, his firstborn son, who was never supposed to be the firstborn son. He took things into his own hands. So then it ends up creating all this division and divisiveness and everything else. And Isaac's against Ishmael, and it creates all these problems in the long run, problems that still exist today. And so I'm, I'm asking you today, what are the things in your life that you know you're supposed to do, but you're not listening to God or the inner voice within you or the way that you know you're supposed to do it because you're trying to take an easier route. You're trying to get the hack. You don't want to put in the hard work. You're not putting your head down and doing the thing that actually matters. Staying connected to that business or staying connected to your W-2 job or staying connected maybe, you know, to your self-employed business while you create enough income to build that portfolio slowly. We're looking for, I talk to people all the time that are like, I just need to build $10,000 a month in passive income or $20,000 a month in passive income. Oh yeah, how are you gonna do that? Well, I'm gonna buy a couple rental properties. A couple? Like literally people tend to overestimate or underestimate you know, the amount of time that it's gonna take 
and the amount of hard work that it's going to take to really get to a point where you find freedom. And it's not your fault. It's not their fault because, and I've even fallen into this before, you forget and you listen to the gurus. I forget sometimes how it took me 20 years to earn my freedom. You just think back and you're like, we remember all the good times. We don't remember all the bad times. We want to talk about all the good times. We don't want to talk about all the bad times. Why? Because hard doesn't sell. Easy sells. Microwave meals sell. Fast food, McDonald's sells. Long-term grind, uphill battle, up the mountain, just like Sarah and Abraham. Okay, we can't get pregnant. We've been trying for a year or two years or whatever the time frame was. Let's take the easy route. Abraham, sleep with my slave and <laughs> you, then you can have a baby with my slave that we will use to try and fulfill God's promises. So again, I want to ask you the question, what are the areas in your life that you need to take a knife to? Maybe even things that once served you that are good, that are no longer serving you, or maybe things that you've built a way that no longer serves you, or maybe you need to sacrifice it. And maybe even at the end, just like with Isaac, Abraham didn't end up having to sacrifice his son. God just wanted to know that he was willing to. And so maybe another question is, what are some areas in your life of things that are literally idols in your life? It could be business, it could be money, and you feel like you're being drawn to something else. God's telling you to do something different or that inner voice is telling you to do something different and you're so comfortable, you're so easy in your current lifestyle that you don't wanna give all that up. And so what are the things that you need to take a knife to and be willing to sacrifice? Maybe you're gonna end up having to sacrifice them and maybe you should because sometimes good is the enemy of great as Jim Collins so eloquently said back in the day. And so I don't know if this helps you. I hope it does. It's a very powerful story in my life. And I see now that even you know, one thing that I've had to take a knife to in my own life the last couple of years is this life of, you know, easier that I've built. I feel like now that our kids are, you know, all graduated and they're, you know, building their own careers, like I feel like um, it's time for me to put my head down and really move into season two of building businesses and careers. But there's a lot of mindset and baggage and good, even good versions of myself that I need to take a knife to and sacrifice. The guy that, you know, didn't work on when we we're traveling. I used to not work when we'd travel very little because I wanted to be present. But now Karen and I travel a lot, sometimes for work, sometimes not. And business must go on. And so I have a hard time pulling out the laptop on airplanes or in the airport or, you know, when we're at a friend's house. Chris and Lori Harder recently let us stay at their house in Newport because they're at their uh, lake house up in Wisconsin. And so we're at this amazing place in Newport and Karen and I are there for four or five days. And I'm like, I have to work because I've been at this event. And then we went and stayed with another friend, Rich and Kathy Fetke, and we're getting ready to speak at Brandon Turner's um, Better Life Marriage Conference. And I'm like, I'm on the road literally for two weeks and we're in the middle of raising capital for our debt fund and all this stuff. And I'm like, I have to work. And this previous version of myself who I built in a good way to be present when I traveled with my family, now I'm in, I have to take the knife to that version. And I'm not saying I won't take vacations where I don't work, but I'm just saying we travel a lot. And so I have to learn to work on the road. And so I have to take a knife and literally sacrifice a version of me that I've worked so hard to build. So my question for you is, what is it in your life that you need to take a knife to? Maybe something that served you at some point in time that no longer serves you. Maybe ideas, maybe 
limiting and false beliefs that you need to take a knife to and sacrifice. Maybe relationships that need to be sacrificed because they're holding you back. Maybe business partnerships that you need to sacrifice because they're no longer serving you and they need to go to the next level. So hopefully that helps you. Um, I would sit with that question for a while. What do you need to take a knife to in your own life? If you're driving right now, don't do this, but get out a notebook and just say, you know what? What's no longer serving me? Did it serve me at one point in time? Has it never served me? Is it keeping me from going where I need to go? Get out a pen. What do I need to take a knife to? By the way, I would love to invite you to invest with us in the Wavemark Capital Fund. I just brought this up a few minutes ago. But if you're looking for passive investments and you're a accredited investor, we have a 12 and 24 month investment fund. The 12 month pays 12%. The 24 month pays 14%. And these are shorter term investments. They're secured by manufactured houses and a promissory note from the communities that are buying them. So there's a good level of security in these. Um, just the manufactured houses alone, because we're a wholesaler, have equity in it. So worst case scenario, if something went wrong, we had to sell the manufactured home, we'd probably sell it for twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 more than what we actually would be borrowing from you and putting out um, to get these homes done. So it's a great investment opportunity. It's a great passive investment opportunity. If you're an accredited investor and you're interested, text the word INVEST to 480-531-7519 or you can go to wavemarkcapital.com to sign up for that. So once again, what do you need to take a knife to in your life? If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.